The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. When my time on earth is gone, and my activities here are past. I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my The 0-1. Simeon lines one deep to left center field. That ball is way back, and that ball is history. A two-run homer for Marcus Simeon. It's 5-0 Rangers in the ninth. A blistering line drive that never came down in left center field. Two balls, two strikes. Spores kicks and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise. The wait is over. And the celebration has begun. The next team to play in Arlington, by the way, will be the Oklahoma Sooners. Oh, that's 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 absolutely well, right. Well, actually one of the other teams the first could game be in the, the first day. game, right? Yeah, yeah. But OU opens. But you're right. The college baseball season in February at Globe Life Park or Field. Which one is that one? At Globe Life. Uh, against either Tennessee, Oregon, or Nebraska. And you know when we find out? Today, I'm told. I'm told later, later today the baseball schedule will drop, which will be interesting in uh, a couple of regards. One, what's the non-consulate look like? Always interested to see who they play out of conference. Mm-hmm. And two, we've got a 14-team baseball conference this year in the Big 12. So, uh revised schedule you can't play everybody uh who do who do they get where do they get them uh how many conference games are there you know all that kind of stuff we i'm told anyway we'll find out later today it was a big scouting day for me yesterday teach i went by after class parker thune came by the way and spoke to our class yesterday did a great job after class i went over to baseball for a while and saw skip saw todd butler Watch the guys take some BP. I did not get to see the pitchers. They had just finished before I got there. But watch the guys take some BP and uh, got to talk uh, for quite a while with uh, Skip, which is always an absolute treat. And, I, again, I didn't get to see the pitchers, but my just, like, BP impression of the hitters, Teach, is that the Snyder kid that they got from Washington is Huge, like he's bigger than I, than I knew. Uh, let me see what it says he is on here. He's number five, six three two thirty. 
He's a big kid. That is a He's big a dude. Corner infielder. And again, batting practice, but big power. And the other, uh, the the JUCO kid that led the nation in batting average, uh, Frederick Carter Frederick, also, I, I, I huge six four two thirty five. He's an outfielder, and big power too. So that's kind of the thing that jumped out at me is they have a couple of dudes who don't look like anybody that was in their lineup last year. Boppers. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to have a ton of speed. No, I mean, Reggie's still there, so they're going to have a ton of speed. And they hit some home runs last year. But they didn't have any guys that look like this. So, I mean, I, we'll see if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's going to be a great thing. But, anyway, Skip's really excited about uh, uh, the team. Then I went over to basketball, Teach. Uh, scrimmage last night. Sooners against the Sooners. Sooners won. They played three 10-minute quarters. And, you know, you need a roster, folks, okay, early in the season. There's going to be about three guys you recognize out there. Los, Tega, and Sam Godwin. That's about it. Um, they are infinitely more athletic than a year ago. I got there and they were warming up and they started, you know, just kind of going through the layup line, right? And dunk dunking the basketball, and I was like, "Oh, this is different," you know, three sixties behind the back, all kinds of stuff. I was like, "All right, more power, well, throwing it down harder, just dunking it." Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> Grant Sherfield didn't do a lot of that. That's a good, good point. Never mind the the Groves brothers. You know, I mean, uh. So, and then they start playing. It's scrimmage. So, every time you score, you're also giving up a bucket. So, it's hard to know good defense, bad, good offense, bad defense, good defense, bad offense. It's hard to know. But um, the guy probably that impressed me more than anyone was Jalen Moore, who is the 6'7 Georgia Tech transfer. And Kevin told me when he got there because he's seen a couple practices. He said, "Watch, watch fourteen. Um, he's he's a beast. He's six seven, so he's big enough to play inside. He can shoot the three. He's an unbelievable athlete. He he's way above everybody else when he goes up for rebounds. I think he starts and might be their best all around player. Um, Rivaldo Sores, Oregon transfer, six six. Uh." Better shooter than I knew. At least he had an unbelievable shooting night last night. I don't know what his final numbers were, but I I don't remember him missing a three pointer. Hit five or six of them that I saw. Um, John Hughley, pit transfer six ten two seventy five. It looks like he slimmed down a little bit since last time I saw him, and moves better than I anticipated. I thought he was just going to be like a big space eater banger. And he's he moves well. He'll take the ball on the perimeter and put it on the floor and drive. And he's got some spin moves and some really nice post moves. So, I mean, I think he's a, a legit, you could throw it to him in the blocks and go to work. Guy, he's got moves at his size. 
obviously, like Los and Tega are who you think they would be. I think Los is the the definite leader of this team and will play, you know, virtually 40 minutes every night. He's on some draft boards already. He was on some draft boards late in his freshman year, to be honest, like some second-round NBA boards. And he starts this year on some draft boards. So we'll see how his year goes. But the two freshmen are a lot alike. Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole are like Cooper's 6'5", and Cole's a little taller, 6'7". Cole's a lefty, so you're not going to like him. But uh, they are both just long and bouncy and athletic and shoot it right now okay, but are more of like slashers and just really good athletes. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I don't go guy by guy, but uh, Javian McCollum uh, is really slight. Uh, he's 6'2", 160, TJ. The 160, he doesn't weigh a bunch. 60? He's really slight. Now, he can jump like crazy and shoot from anywhere, and uh, I think he's going to score a bunch of points and probably even start. He worries me a little bit about other, you know, guards posting him up and stuff because Lowe's tried to take him, did take him into the blocks a few times last night. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. He takes an elbow to the chest. He may shatter. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's one of those, like, uh, not Trey, not like that kind of range, but like, that kind of range like he's just gonna he's always he doesn't care how far good range not Trey range i get what well, you're saying I get, he's not gonna take 40 shots right i got you but he he's little and used to shooting from way behind the arc and he, he's fun he's fun uh latrey dart i'll mention him and then that's it a uh, dart uh rolled an angle uh, rode an ankle rolled an ankle last night i think he's okay but they didn't play him much after that but before that uh, Utah Valley transfer, six foot four. Uh, shot the ball really well. Good slasher. I mean, they got a lot of guys like that that are six four to six seven, that can shoot, jump, run. I don't know which ones are good defensively and aren't yet. I mean, I know Tag is really good defensively, and it looks like to me Jalen Moore is an excellent defender. But I left there last night thinking that it looked like a, a really good basketball team. Now, it's a scrimmage, so I want to see them against other teams, and their schedule early in the year is light. I like that. Working at a lot of new guys and figuring out how they all fit and stuff, you know, they come out of the gates with four or five games in a row they should win before they go to San Diego. Um, but I don't know. I would love to hear from somebody else who was there last night. I, I was pretty fired up after just watching how they just don't look the same at all. When they take the court, you're like, this is not the same kind of team. So we'll see. What I heard you just say through all of that was, I see no reason why this team isn't playing for their and winning their first national championship. That's Final four, without a doubt, uh, probably national championship game. What I heard you say there. 100% agree. (laughs) 100% 100% agree. Um, yeah, I don't see any reason why that doesn't happen. Uh, I was going to say something else. Well, it sounds then, like no matter what, they 
looked significantly different than last year's team, which was something that was discussed a lot throughout the season based on athletic ability and other things and matching up in the Big 12. So, OU won a game in Orlando last year. They won that whole tournament, the Thanksgiving tournament in Orlando last year. But after one of the games, I don't remember which one, either the first round or the semifinals, I was walking back into the hotel off the team bus with Porter. And we were kind of separated from the team a little bit. And I said something about you played well or congratulations or something, and he just kind of shook his head and he goes, we're not athletic enough. We got to get more athletic. We're not anywhere close to us, and you can tell. Like, and that was after a win. You know, I think they were undefeated at the time, or maybe they lost to somebody early in the year. But he knew at that point, early in the season, that this wasn't good. <laughs> so, well, it's- and that's—I mean, you can tell he dedicated, yeah, the offseason like to getting athletes. And it helps if they can shoot and score and defend and all that kind of stuff. But they, you're going to like, when they take the court for warm-ups, you're going to like it. Uh, season opener Monday, both the men and women. TJ, I went longer than I meant to. Let's take a break. Women play at noon against uh, Wichita State Monday. Men play at 7 against Central Michigan, opening day of college basketball on Monday. Dave Hunzarker joins us live next. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Howard gets the ball, back to pass, throws near side, it's intercepted! Cameron Epps down the left sideline, 25-20, 15-10-5, pistols firing, touchdown Oklahoma State, Cameron Epps! 2.30 Saturday, final one for a while, Bedlam in Stillwater, and we welcome in now the play-by-play voice of the Cowboys, my good friend Dave Hunziker. Dave, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, Dave? Pretty good. That's good. That's good. I'm excited to see you and John and Robert and uh, for this football game on Saturday. Yes, it's. I guess we've had two years to prepare for it, so it would be different had this all hit us you know, suddenly, which has been the case sometimes. So I think it'll be most strange for everybody when it's over next year when the two teams start playing games and they're not intertwined anymore. That's when it'll yeah. get strange, I think. Yeah, that's true. Why the turnaround, John? It, it really – I'm sorry, Dave. It really – Started with the highlight or the game that we just played. That was a pick six from Cameron Epps in the K-State game. But how and why did Mike Gundy and this team turn things around this year? I think first they really honed in on run game concept, and that is, for the most part, more gap scheme power run, which was something they worked on in the offseason. Didn't do a ton of early. In fact, didn't do much of it at all. And now they're doing a lot more of it. They'll do use some of the zone concepts and do them well, but the, the gap scheme is far more prominent, and that sets up for Ollie Gordon, who is really more of an old-school downhill eye formation back. So it fits him really well. Along with that, the health of the offensive line, the improvement of the offensive line has been remarkable. That, that may be the, the biggest point of 
you know, maybe the biggest part of the turnaround because it, they weren't healthy early and they just they weren't very good. And now they're tons better. They have several members that are playing better than they've played in their entire careers. And I and I think when you when you talk about any of that, you have to include the fact that they settled on a quarterback, Alan Bowman. They got into routine. They got into a pattern. Everything sort of flows. And I've, even defensively where they've had some problems in some areas, especially in the secondary, there's a lot of connectivity. This team's really connected. And probably as much as any team we've had recently, you know, 2021 was extraordinary. I don't think I'd put this team on that level. But it's it's a whole different atmosphere, an entire different confidence than what it was a month ago. I mean, they, they're, they're a confident team. They're playing really smart. They, you know, even things like the tight end play has been really good the last two weeks. So it's, it's a collection of things. Yeah, Ollie Gordon is the central figure of this football game, it feels like, an emerging Heisman contender. Um, he is really, really good, Dave. I mean, it is fun to watch him run. You're right. He, he's got some old school to him. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Ali, just kind of the, the young man, but also his running style that we're going to see on Saturday. Well, he's fun. He he enjoys himself. He's got a very vibrant personality. He's very social. He's you know he, he kind of puts himself out there in a good way. So that's everybody enjoys that. You know, the thing about him is is that he he has talked, and the offensive line has talked a lot about. They're very much on the same page, and, and he's he's a student of the game. There's been a lot of communication between he and the offensive line about, okay, how are you going to block this? What's the defense going to do? You know, what's what's this going to look like? He's very he has great vision, but he's also very smart. I mean, he he understands. I mean, sometimes plays will be designed and blocked a certain way, and then because of film study and because of his vision and because of just his smarts, he'll just take off and go through another gap and defensively you're like what what why is he going there well he's going there because it's available he, he's just he's a very smart runner he, he's you know and he gets a ton of yards after contact but the thing is the contact on him is it, it's glancing blows I mean it's, it's not like you know and he can do it I mean he can run through guys but he really hasn't had to and I think that's part of where his vision and his smarts come into play again there's a fair amount of yards after contact you know, I think West Virginia, close to 200 of his yards were after contact, but it's glancing blows. And I think that's that's about his his combination of intelligence and vision that, that make him really good right now, really good. The early season quarterback rotation has obviously settled in on the veteran, uh, Alan Bowman. How did he win it? Why did he win it? What's he doing so well? Well, it was interesting. In early August, he was the guy, and people would ask, you know, who do you think will win the quarterback race? And I said emphatically to anyone that asked, Alan Bowman will be the guy. Then he struggled, oh, I would say maybe 10 days into preseason camp, he got in a bit of a funk. And at the same time, Rangel and Gunnar Gundy were playing really, really well, and we exited fall camp, honestly, in my mind, with the concern that, oh, boy, we've got a quarterback situation here, and I was not planning on that. <laughs> I thought Bowman would be the guy. and So eventually it led to playing three quarterbacks. I think there were a lot of reasons for that, but 
when it's all over with, he has the most experience. He is incredible as a leader, not just for the offense, but with the whole team. He has a relationship with everybody. They all respect him. And with the age comes a ton of experience. And he's and because of that, he just tries to make the plays that are available. You know, like anyone, he'll occasionally maybe throw a ball that he wishes he wouldn't. But for the most part, he'll throw it in the stands and it's like, well, let's go to the next one. That's experience talking. And, you know, he's already got his degrees. And so he basically all of his time is spent on football, which has allowed him to just become even more advanced. But he just manages the game and sort of takes what's available. And there's tremendous value in, in that. And, you know, I thought he would always be the starter. He had a little rough patch in August, and the other guy started playing well. It changed the dynamics of things. You know, what would have happened if he'd been the starter the entire year? I don't know. It, it might have made a difference. But, you know, offensively, we were still sort of grappling with the run game concepts and who the tailback mm-hmm. should be and offensive line injury. So it certainly might have made a difference. But I think the run game progression was the biggest thing that, that got things going. You touched on the defense there briefly, um, but I mean the numbers don't jump out at you defensively, but they are coming off their you know one of their best performances of the year against Cincinnati. What's your assessment of where the defense is right now? Well, they've had issues giving up long pass plays for touchdowns, and that's that's the concern going into this game is that you know they've been hurt that way, and they're young on the back end outside of. Corey Black, I mean, you don't have guys with a lot of Oklahoma State experience. You know, Trey Rucker's a first-year starter, although he's old. He's a first-year starter, and Cameron Epps is starting now. You highlight came from him that you played starting this segment. And, you know, he's He came into a starting role when Lyric Rawls was lost for the season with an injury, and so there's, there's that piece of it. They're growing up. I mean, D.J. McKinney at corner has played really well, although he hasn't started. He's played a ton of snaps. So that's the big concern. You know, Colin Oliver has become a lot more comfortable with his new role, which is more of a square-up linebacker, although they've used him more in, a, in, in an angular pass-rushing fashion as of late, but that he's, he's become more accustomed to that. Anthony Goodlow has, has been quite good, taking over as a starter at one of the defensive end spots. And the guy that has probably played the best is Nick Martin. He's an undersized linebacker at probably 215 pounds. But he's super, super fast and, you know, is one of the uh, top tacklers in the country in terms of production. And he's had a very, very good season. They took him as an undersized guy, you know, knowing that that probably was a little bit of a risk because they saw things in him athletically and football smart-wise. He's really a smart football player. They saw those things in him and thought it was a, a gamble worth taking, and it definitely has been. You're better than me, um, it, well, in a multitude of ways, but as you are really good at uh, diving into the analytics and the statistics, and you always come up with some some interesting facts whenever I'm listening to your broadcast. Has anything uh, jumped out at you statistically or analytically about this matchup for Saturday? I think it's the tug-of-war of two things. I think it's the tug-of-war of the deep-passing game of Oklahoma, a guy like you know, both Nick Anderson and J- Jalil Farouk, for that matter, and Dylan Gabriel against that young secondary. I mean, that's you know, that's that's one thing that is that is very obvious is how does that play out? And and while this isn't really analytics, it, it it's a pretty simple deal. Oklahoma State is depleted at receiver. Now they may get a guy or two back this week, but they are depleted. They lost their best guy to Sean Stribling during the off week, 
So they not only were dealing with back-to-back disappointing losses to South Alabama and Iowa State, they lost their best receiver, the transfer from Washington State, during the off week. So we thought things were really bad, and now things were really good. So, so you know, I, I think for Oklahoma State, the receivers have to win enough to make Oklahoma respect their ability to throw it. Because otherwise, uh, there will be an ability for the Sooners to put another guy in there to stop the run, which they'll probably do anyway. That's what Cincinnati did. But you can make them respect the passing game, then at least uh, you're able to move the football and, and, and force them to think a little bit more about doing that. So I think those are the two. Special teams are always a big deal in this thing. Oklahoma State special teams have been really good. They've blocked kicks. Uh, they don't have any long returns for touchdowns. I know the Sooners have a punt return for a touchdown this year, but uh, you know they're pretty disruptive with their field goal block team. That's probably the, the, the best thing that they do. But it's, it's to me, you know, honestly, it sounds crazy. I think this is a lot about what happens in the passing game for both teams. Can Oklahoma take advantage of the Cowboys' young secondary, especially uh, with the deep ball? And, and I think for Oklahoma State, can the passing game be good enough uh, to make sure that the Sooners can't just lock down and shut down the run? I, I think that, to me, that's, that's, where, it, that's where it's decided. Yeah, that's really good analysis. Uh, I think we're going to have great weather on Saturday, Dave. It looks supposed like. to be awesome. Yeah, yeah we're not used to, like to that 70. for this game. No, well, we played it a little bit earlier. That helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had some cruddy weather, though. I mean, no doubt. It's we haven't had yeah, a last. I remember the last terrible. time we had a really nice day for Bellum. I think it was probably 2018 when we came to your place, and yeah. uh, Kyler was quarterbacking. Before we let you go, uh, whenever. The Cowboys win a, a big game through the years. You've had some really good, like, zingers as your final line. Do you have anything in the queue for if the Cowboys win the final bedlam for a while? No, no, not. Those things happen organically. I'll, whatever, you know, it'll it, it'll usually come to me. It's not like you don't sort of think about the moment, but those things usually just sort of, that's kind of my life, I guess. It just sort of happens on the fly. It, it'll if it, it'll it'll come to me, hopefully, whatever is appropriate, and it'll it'll take care of itself. So I, well, I, ho- you know, you're I hope you're thinking of planning for the game, but you know you you but you don't those things. Sometimes you think ahead about some things, and then sometimes you, you think, well, that's the reason you've done this for thirty years because you'll you'll let the you'll let nature take its course. <laughs> whatever needs to be done, it'll come to you. So. That's good. That's good. Well, I hope you don't get to use it, whatever it is. But Understood. if you do, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fantastic. So, Dave, thanks, buddy. I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. You too. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys as well. All right. See you, bud. Okay, Dave pal. Hunziker, voice of the Cowboys. Mm, I think he's got something ready, Teach. He's definitely got something ready. 7.34, we'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Thursday morning, King of the Mountain, Carlsbad Management Group. If you are one of the 55-ish that are still on the mountain, make sure you get your picks in between 6 and 9 a.m. either today or tomorrow. How's your... uh, Pre-gut-gut feeling about Saturday, Teach. 
Well, you, uh, you don't want me to give anything away, do you? I said pre-gut gut. Pre-gut gut is uh, it's feeling good. Feeling good. Yeah, good. Yeah, feeling good. good. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Boy, mm. don't have Dave on anymore. <laughs> Why's that? People didn't like it? Well, my phone lighting up uh, on the uh, personal text line. Get this guy off. Go on. Hang up on him. Information for the game, folks. Come on. Information. <laughs> we always have opposing play-by-play guys. He didn't on. do it, but there's always a chance, you know, maybe Dave pops something off and it becomes headline material. So you never know. You never know. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I, uh, I, I, not, I know people don't like this, but I am good friends don't with say Dave. It. Don't say Oh, he said it. He said I, it. Uh, I think Dave and John are, are two of the guys I'm closest with in this industry, especially John. But uh, Dave's been great to me, and I our friendship goes all the way back uh, to the unfortunate passing of Bill Teagan's. When uh, Dave was brought in to replace him in a very difficult situation, and I was working at Channel 9 at the time, and he came on weekly with us to talk, and we got to know each other then, and I've always respected the incredibly difficult situation he stepped into, and he has handled it with grace and kindness, and you don't have to be a Cowboy fan to respect that, and he's a he's a very nice upstanding classy gentleman so there i'm sure that ticks some people off but it's true <laughs> tell toby to shut up hang up on toby <laughs> how about let's see i got a couple of things here football related um uh dylan gabriel top 10 finalists for the unitas award Nick Anderson and Peyton Bowen, two of the 12 semifinalists for the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year Award. Danny Stutzman, semifinalist for the Lombardi Award. All that's happened this week. And congratulations to Bud Hebert, the great Bud Hebert, elected to the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame for his three-interception game in 1980 against Florida State. Named the MVP of the 1980 Orange Bowl. He will go into the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame this year. Of course, Bud Hebert may be most famously known for what he calls the hold, TJ. Everybody else refers to it as the kick. The kick. Yeah, that's true. Uwe Von Schaman's, Schaman's uh, 41-yarder to beat Ohio State. Bud says... Uh, he calls it the hold. He says uh, uh, the only reason Uve ever got famous is because of me. Uh, he is a hilarious man. So congratulations to Bud. Fantastic. Really cool. The Big Ten coaches uh, are asking the Big Ten Conference to act, TJ, on Michigan. We want, we demand something be ruled on this season. Yes, do not let this uh, pass. Right. They know how this works. All of a sudden, they get past this year, maybe win a national title, at least the way they're looking, you know, good shape to make a playoff. And then it's five, six years down the road, you hear something come out about it. Like, oh, yeah. now we're going to rule on it. And they're like, Vacate no, all no. that. Let's, let's, now, it needs to be handled now. 
High school football tonight. What do we got there, Tej? You got the uh, you got the list of uh, what all we got fired on dot TV tonight. Oh, I can quickly hold on. I here. got Just it. I got it. Okay, I teed you up. You let me know if you want to jump in. Broken Arrow at Moore. That's Tigers and Lions. You you do the mascots. Deer Creek at PC North. What do you got there? Oh, I don't know. The deers, the antlers. That's it. Yeah, Something. yeah. Deer Creek, Antlers, yeah. PC North, uh, uh, Sam Bradford. I don't know PC North. Oh, the Pirates, right? No. No. That's Putnam City that's regular. Putnam City. Um, mm-hmm. I'm blanking. They all start with I'm P. terrible at they the. All, uh, they all start I'm terrible with at P. the high school mascot, so that's the wrong I, that's person. That's why to I ask. like playing this game with you. <laughs> that's the wrong person. I'm the wrong person to ask. Panthers. Edmund oh, right. North at Union. What do you got there? Um. Not the the Reds. What what are they now? Union. Yeah, Red Hawks. Red Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. I changed their name. Uh, uh, what about Edmund North? Oh, like the kittens or something like that. Huskies. The Huskies. Yeah, puppies. That's what it this was. This is a fun game. I like this. Friday. <laughs> Owasso at Norman. What do you got? Uh, Tigers. Yes. Owasso Rams. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Norman North at Enid. Hey, you should get this one. Huh. You went to one and yeah. you are a, your son's going to go to the other. Man, this one's a difficult one. No, it's the this one that one's the easiest one. The Timberwolves and the Plainsmen. Plainsmen, yeah. Westmore Southmore. Uh Jaguars and yeah. Why am I blanking on the other? Sabercats. Sabercats, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Edmund Memorial at my Mustang. Uh, Bulldogs and Broncos. Yep. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you're on a roll now. UConn at Ed. We have all these games on Dot TV uh, the next couple of days. UConn at Edmund Santa Fe. UConn Millers. Yes. Edmund Santa Fe. Wolves. Go ahead. Wolves. No. Yeah, that's got. Yeah, that's oh, a, you're fi- you're yeah. a fire now. Piedmont uh, the, at Carl Albert. The Piedmont Tobies and nope, the Carl nope. Albert Henrys. They don't like me out there. Oh. And never asked me to do what anything. What is Piedmont? Piedmont? Wildcats. Oh, yeah, Carl Albert. Right. You got you got the like five future Sooners potentially on this Carl the Albert. Carl team. Albert mm-hmm. Dynasty. That's not their nickname. No, no, no. I'm telling you, they're a dynasty. What's their nickname? Carl Albert. Gary Rose built. I'm gonna. It. You're gonna say it, and I'm gonna. I'm blanking. Titans. Oh, that's right. Oh, duh. Finally, Bixby and Jinx. Uh, the Cheaters and the Cheater Twos. No, what? What? Why what? would what? you do that? <laughs> you know how many listeners we have in Bixby and Jinx? <laughs> I apologize to all of you on behalf of the entire station for that. They just built great football programs over there. What are they? The Trojans? The Spartans. Spartans. And the Trojans. Trojans. Yeah, Yeah. this is an old school, like, Mediterranean showdown here, Teach. (laughs) Spartans and Trojans. So there you go. All those games uh, the next two days. I did better than I thought I was going to do. TV. You've really ingrained yourself in the (laughs) Oklahoma community. It's that uh, Friday night football show I used to host. Yeah. The Ulaga. Uh, 746 will take a break. Back to the text when we come back. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. We'll be back. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. 
home of your Sooner Game Day voices, home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. T-Row in the morning show. Toby and TJ back with you this hour, brought to you by Hightower Clinical. Bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahoma with no cost or insurance needed to participate. Medication provided for free. Patients are compensated for their time. Several area metro locations also coming soon to Ardmore. Find out all the areas they're running trials in. Hightowerclinical.com or call or text for more info. 405-831-5905. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Why is that still bleeding through? Don't turn it down. Um, Benny got in early this morning. I forgot to give you his pick. Benny All right. would like the Saints. My man Benny still alive on the mountain. Got it. Kevin from Kansas. He's going Browns this week. Is this the former fig farmer? I believe so. I believe so. Got it. Donna and B.A. would like the Saints. All right. Uh, Here we go. Rangers are only 10 championships away from St. Louis. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, hearing TJ's Meemaw stories brings back memories of being a lifetime Rangers fan attending games at the old Arlington Stadium in the 70s. I can confirm Rich Hand was a fan of the DFW people. My dad was a dentist in Lake Worth, and Rich was one of his patients. That's from Danny in Denton. Uh, cool. Loved it so much, he told the Rangers, I don't want to go to California. They traded him anyway. Wife stayed. Now, this uh, part of the story I don't believe. Uh, then uh, quit baseball. The, the part, the and part about back. him loving the Dallas-Fort Worth area so far, so much, he didn't want to move anywhere else in the country. True story. Is made up. Uh, no one has story. ever said that in the history of Hey, Rich, of the if you're planet. listening, maybe he's a fan of the show. You know, uh, started you know listening what? with just, Whitney and... Big fan of the traffic and uh, how abrasive well, I don't think all the, the traffic people are. The way it was now, and uh, I can't imagine living anywhere else than Dallas, Fort Worth. Walked away from Major League Baseball and said, "You know what? I want to go back to DFW and uh, start a uh, real estate construction company and and build this thing." That's what he did. So hey, ask that me, uh, was before name- he brought me a bunch of clothes over that I wore as a baby. You got second hand from I got second hand from the hands. Yeah. But actually, I was told the hands had so many clothes, they were all brand new, had the tags on. How did the whole time Whitney played basketball here? I how didn't did know. you never tell well, me any of this? I didn't know the name. Like, she, that was the first time. So when she called, she goes, do you know some of these stories? And I said, I know the stories, but they were told to me years ago. And I go, I don't really know names. And that's when she just started rattling off names and wives' names and but Rich got divorced from her, and now he's on to his third wife. We lost contact after the divorce, and so that's why. Like, I knew that hey. hand-me-down story. I knew the Ranger wives had brought me clothes and stuff like that, but I didn't know, like, names and why and how close they no actually were to the some Rangers of these. So much. You were clothed by the Rangers. I was clothed by the Rangers. She goes, no, uh, I'm not joking you. She goes, the wives were waiting on you to arrive in 73. They could not wait for little TJ to be here. You were like Jesus. <laughs> Except instead of a manger, it was old Arlington Stadium. <laughs> and instead of the shepherds and wise men, it was the Rangers' wives. <laughs> That's exactly But right. everything else is exactly the same. Exactly the same. Exactly um, the same. Uh, can you give me Meemaw's number? Uh, yeah. What do you need it for? 
I'd rather not say. Okay, okay. Well, I just want to call her and tell her how much you hate Whitney Han's husband <laughs> and how many terrible <laughs> things you've said about him through the years. Traitor. After all they've done I for take you. it all back. I didn't know my connection with the Han family. I take it all back. Uh, Landry was a great quarterback. What are you talking about? <laughs> mm, I bet you're backpedal. Look who's backpedaling now. <laughs> Texas Rangers World Series champions play Freebird from Panda in Texas. Uh, sooner, sooner Andy wants the Cleveland Browns. Sooner Andy, you say? That's what I got said. It? Brian S. Going Pittsburgh Steelers. Right, we've got a chance to hang on, hang on, uh, have hang on. some separation here this week. Trouble here. Uh-oh. I do not have a pick last week from Brian S. Uh, what day was? Oh, Brian S. <laughs> Sent in on the 26th, which is Saturday. Sorry, Brian S. Come on, Brian. You knew that wasn't going to fly. Uh, Did he not pick anything on Thursday or Friday last week? I mean, obviously he didn't if he sent something on Saturdays. Oh, I do remember this story. Marietta Sooner reminded us it didn't happen on Switzer's show, but Barry Switzer walked into the Nebraska football show with the bag of tacos that time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Bob Devaney's show came in. Uh Uh, Was that a – but that was – yeah – Sun Bowl or something, wasn't it? It was something. I think it was the. I think it was the Sun Bowl. They were going to El Paso, I think. Oh, that that was funny. Uh, Shad E in Tulsa. He's going Browns this week. Uh, Yeah, got it. Hang on, hang on. Did I put that? I put. I put the wrong word down. Okay, got it. Uh, This person says, I went from watching every game I could on the MLB Extra Innings package to watching absolutely none. The new rules couldn't be worse. I guess a World Series is cool. Who cares? At least it wasn't the D-backs. So strong disagreement. Uh, strong disagreement. I was I was had that opinion going into this season, and I was really worried about how it would affect the playoffs with the pitch clock and having to face three batters and all that. Um, I Manfred got this stuff right. I would love to know from the texter like what bothered you. Like I I thought it was a fantastic. It was the most it's the best year of major league baseball in a long long time and uh, a lot of stuff's been coming out about how low the ratings are for this matchup which isn't surprising the rangers you know they've got a good fan base for dfw area but there's not an east coast team the diamondbacks aren't a draw they don't really have a superstar so i understand the low ratings for that but through the season substantially Mm -hmm. up and attendance was massively up and it was tied directly to those rule changes and the speeding up of the game and um, how the flow went, the excitement it built. Um, there's no doubt that the rules were 100% the right choice. And yeah. I was wrong about it going into it. So Apologize to Manford. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, that was heartfelt. The Diamondbacks made it in part because of some of those rule changes. Yeah, they, they ran looked like at crazy. it and they said, We're running like crazy. We're going old school baseball. We're moving dudes over. And it, it's what got them there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it did cause a little bit of regression to maybe a significant amount of regression to the baseball we grew up watching because it brought the stolen base back in and for a lot of teams it brought small ball back in Mm -hmm. break time eight o'clock we'll be back